welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm Jacob, joined today by Ellie Maman from Meeple City Games, and we are going to talk about his game on Kickstarter now, Vector Wars. So, Ellie, welcome. Hey, everyone. Before we go ahead and, and jump into talking about the game, why don't you tell me a little bit about your gamer story? So how did you get into board games? I've been playing board games since I was a child. I'm Jewish and on Saturday we have something called the Sabbath and that meant that I couldn't get in a car or do the things that a lot of some of my other friends were doing. And so board mm -hmm. games was a part of my life. Every Saturday we'd sit down, we'd play board games uh, during the day as a family. It was a very family orientated thing. Mm -hmm. But I played a lot of the heritage games, as I call them, games that your parents passed down to you. So Monopoly, yeah. Scrabble, Drafts, Chess, Backgammon, you know, Risk and all the usual shenanigans. It was when I was about 12, 13 years old, maybe, no, slightly younger, about 9, 10 years old, I discovered Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. I invested in Revised and Unlimited, which were out at the time, mm -hmm. third edition. No, I do not have Black Lotuses before anybody asks. <laughs> I missed it. I missed it. Can you believe I missed it? I technically didn't miss it, but I just couldn't afford the packets to actually get one. And by the time I started um... to save up enough pocket money to be regularly buying stuff, it was fourth edition. And yeah, it was all downhill mm. from there. Fourth edition and Ice Age were the big deal for me, and they'd already none of the money was in those, I'm afraid. So, um, so I still have some expensive cards, but just just not yeah. not a Black Lotus or the Power mm -hmm. Nine for that matter. Shame. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I I was playing Magic the Gathering till about 16 years old, very regularly. Actually, I used mm -hmm. to go to Elephant and Castle, which is where we used to have the qualifiers for nationals and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was playing regularly in the scene, in the Magic scene. Mm. I never really hit it into the big time I, I went into one tournament where i did quite well at the barbican center in the 90s mm -hmm. i remember doing well one year and the following year coming back and getting obliterated by everyone because the internet had kind of become a thing and ah. the meta was a thing and people started to know you used to have to read magazines to find out what the decks that other people were playing were what mm -hmm. decks had won championships etc but when the internet came about you had instant information you didn't have to read anything you just looked online and then you yep people were sharing and talking and I, I remember going to that tournament that year and just getting obliterated by the same deck again and again and again and again and again mm -hmm. and I just didn't like that I didn't like that at all mm -hmm. the idea that a format could be solved so it, yeah. it, like it turned me off magic um, I stopped playing that for quite some time mm -hmm. and I've got a really great local game shop and they got me involved in other uh, some board games just a few pandemic uh, was mm -hmm. my first gateway game, yeah, uh, which I really loved. I still like Pandemic. I'd still play Pandemic yeah. if someone, but the, my gateway games that I've played, mm -hmm. I very rarely will play them these days. So like Catan and you know Carcassonne and stuff, I, I won't play them anymore. Just just be played them too much to be honest. And I, I don't really enjoy it anymore. That things like Stone Age where. Like they're just so obvious like the the strategy there's only one good strat or two good strats and yeah you feel like forced to go through the same strategies again and again and again um small world i don't know like with i never bothered with the expansion so before anyone says oh but you didn't try this expansion and that changed the game completely <laughs> i'm talking about corset for all of that stuff so yeah, carcassonne yeah, yeah. has had a million things so has Catan. the first time i've been interested in playing Catan again was the game of thrones version that came out recently mm. I'd probably give that yeah. a, a whirl, a one-time whirl, but really I'm done with those games. And then I moved on to like slightly medium weight, medium, a bit more chunky games, medium weight, mm -hmm. heavy games. And I also got very heavily involved with Netrunner, which became my second card game love after Magic. 
it actually brought me back into Magic for a little while again. It's very hard to get it out of my system. Once you've been playing it for a long time, Magic the Gathering, then it's very yeah. difficult to get it out of your system. Um, and I started to play EDH. What was EDH? Now they call it Commander. So you start oh, playing okay. Commander. Commander yeah. for a little bit. Elder Dragon Highlander, it used to be called. I don't know why they mm. changed the name, but it did. Yeah, so I, I, I like was playing Netrunner, and I was playing it to a really good standard again, like really high level. Mm-hmm. My friend Min Tren, who owns Jinteki, which is a website for if you want to play it online, basically, before the complete license collapse of Netrunner, we used to discuss and talk a lot about deck building. He used some of my decks, so he was he came second in the world champs. So, okay. yeah. so he's a, yeah, he's a top player. And I used to absolutely obliterate him with some of the deck building ideas I used to come up with, and he used to copy them for his tournaments. Oh, wow. And if you look oh, online, cool. you can actually, yeah, yeah, if you look online, you'll see that he credits me with um, some of the deck building ideas that it's really nice actually so it's very kind of him to do that Um, with some of the deck building ideas that he used later in tournaments that he won with so i was really heavily involved with that and then um and star realms went into star realms as well at that time massive star realms fan huge star realms fan it's not a massive scene in the uk but you're if you Mm. look online you'll find pictures of me with mats and stuff store champ stuff you know like yeah yeah nationals inverted commas like stuff you know there's not really nationals it's just like a lot of people that, that enjoy star realms yeah so we we you know we we loved that game a lot we played it a lot and then board games i started like i said i started to go into the medium weight games and i've mm-hmm. never looked back since really those medium weight yeah. games have have taken over so my mm-hmm. favorite worker placement game champions of midgard or yeah. anachrony those are my two favorite worker placement games mm-hmm. and some some ameritrash games that i i quite like I suppose Blood Rage is probably my favorite area domination style yeah. game that I've that I've played. I do prefer it to the Samurai version Rising Sun that mm. came out. I just think it's a cleaner game. They tried to add more politics and stuff to the Rising Sun, uh, you know, a bit mm-hmm. more a bit more disgusting. It reminds me a bit more TI4 a little bit in some way. I don't know how to explain really, just a bit more. They tried to make it less about the go in and smash people up and I thought yeah. There's a lot more like just other things going on there, especially with the alliances. Yeah, exactly right. The alliances. There's a bit mm-hmm. more diplomacy, right? A bit more diplomacy yeah. is the right word. But but mm-hmm. it's just what I just it's purer. It's just mm-hmm. I don't think you need to do that. I don't think they needed to do that. Maybe some, some people prefer Rising Sun, but mm-hmm. I just don't think they needed to do it. It was very pure blood rage, straight in battle. Let's do it. Sort out yeah. your tableau with your different men. Upgrade them. Do this. Do that. Let's go. Let's go and get them. Um, and mm-hmm. I really like that. It's probably one of my favorite Ameritrash games. I do like a, mm-hmm. a good Euro as well. Guy Project, one of my favorite Euro like mm-hmm. Euros. So they got heavier. I got into heavier and heavier games, and now yeah. this is where I, this is where I am today. All right, that's awesome. So with all this, you've currently launched the Kickstarter of Vector Wars. That's right. And this is the first game that you're publishing through Maple City Games. And can you tell me a little bit about the pitch for Vector Wars? What is this game? So Vector Wars is really, it's a two, it's a very difficult one to pitch in one line because it's not like mm-hmm. any other game, okay? It's a two-player yeah. game. It's a two-player board game. And there's, there's not mm-hmm. that many of them. There's, chess was like yeah. around and then they decided to evacuate the idea of a two-player board game. But <laughs> but um, it's a two-player board game and you could just argue it's a two-player tactical strategy area domination game. Mm-hmm. I would say, and most people that have played it would say that that doesn't do it any justice. Mm-hmm. It's got mechanics or mechanisms from a lot of games that I've loved. So, for example, Star Realms, which I mentioned earlier, it has a marketplace in there. Mm -hmm. You've got nine characters, asymmetric abilities. Mm -hmm. So you've got two different groups, basically, who are, there's four of them in the the box, actually, but you you only get one to play with, obviously. Nine characters, you get to play them face down onto the grid. So there's hidden movement 
and you get to flip those characters to gain the ability on the other side but by doing mm -hmm. so you reveal the strengths of the card which are mm -hmm. the, and the weaknesses which are shown on the four sides of the card mm -hmm. and it has a mechanism from a final fantasy 8 a game that never actually came out called triple triad you know that game did you ever play ff8 i haven't played ff8 but i do i have heard of triple triad so Triple Triad basically was a 3x3 three three grid system, similar to the one that's in Vectors. Mm -hmm. And you just played one card next to another and the highest number took the card. Like you just, it was a take mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, I go in, you go in, I go in, you go in, whoever's last yeah. wins. Very, very simple. This is a lot more complicated. So, you know, mm -hmm. you're battling with someone on the grid, but you're, you've got fortifications and upgrades and shields and movement and so there's a lot more going on it's not it's, it's a small mechanism inside the game to determine the strength of each of the characters mm -hmm. and so you've got money when you kill a character and there is money yeah. on the grid which you can pick up and so you have money mm -hmm. management the money is actually worth victory points at the end of the game and so is the victory point that we have called zeta orbs the zos mm -hmm. are, are our victory point and when you kill characters, you get the victory points that they are worth plus some money. And that money mm. you can spend on the marketplace. But by doing so, you are actually damaging your chances of winning because you're losing yeah. some victory points to actually get what you want in the marketplace. So there's this mm. risk-reward management that you're dealing yeah. with. So secret character placement, risk-reward management, area domination, tactics. You know, there's so much going on. And yet the mm -hmm. game is an action selection game. It's actually very simple to play. Mm -hmm. You've got a list of actions. You choose one action. Then your opponent chooses one action. Then you choose one action, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are some free actions you can do alongside it. But just like chess, you play one move, right? In yeah. Vector Wars, you play one move. And so it feels very simple to play. It's very smooth. It's very quick. It's only a 40-minute game in total if you mm -hmm. know how to play well. But the strategy and the depth to the game is 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 mad. Is is mad. Yeah, that sounds sounds like there's a lot going on, but at the same time, yeah, you're uh, being able to do it in just you know choosing one action at a time. I could see like, thinking, trying to think as many moves ahead as you can, but like you don't have perfect information. You cards are being faced down. You don't know what they played, anything like that. It sounds like a lot of fun. It is, it is, and that's exactly what it is. It's a lot of fun, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you're going to be putting stuff down, trying to make that big play because there's a lot of synergy between the flip abilities of the cards that you put down. So the first time you play, they, this probably won't happen because if you play it the yeah. first time, they won't know what cards you've got. No, you don't know what each other's playing. You don't know yeah. what the abilities are. So what you're doing is you're just looking at the cards and going, "Oh, this is cool. This works with this card, and it can do this. This is what say what. This mm -hmm. is awesome, right?" The next time you play, you're like. There's a marketplace there? I didn't even notice it. I was too busy looking at my cars trying to get it to work, right? Yeah. And then the marketplace has more powerful abilities than the flip abilities in your cards. So you're like, mm -hmm. ooh, do I spend the money to do this? That's going to do that to them. And then, I'm... and then after you've done that, after you've played mm -hmm. it the second time, and this is what's interesting, the third time, you know what cards your opponent has. So now you're thinking, did he put that there? Did he? I know that card's going to mess me up because I know it does this with X, Y, and Z. Am I going to... Yeah. Am I going to place this here? I'll place this here. He'll place that there. And then you've got that strategy. And then if you play it a fourth time, you're going to recognize that the strengths on the corners of the cards, mm -hmm. they need to be placed in particular areas because like, let's say, for example, on each side of the card, there's a number, yeah. something that's got like nine on the top and nine on the left and four and one on the bottom right. You're going to want to put it in the bottom right corner yeah. because the two nines are facing out towards the rest of the board. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that you can't play it there. 
because your opponent has decided that um, he's going to play something there or that he's going to block that space up. So you're like, yeah. but I, I can't play this card now. I can't do what I want to do because it's just going to get wrecked the minute it hits the board. Uh, mm. so I have to come up with some clever ways. Oh, I can fortify. So there's fortifications. You roll a dice mm-hmm. and you add it and it adds to the value on one side of the card. Mm. Yeah. But they can move you. So if they move you, then you lose the fortifications. So there's this like back and forth. There's this like constant like tactics and the depth of mm-hmm. tactics and thinking. And I've played a lot. I've played this game an awful lot. I absolutely love my own board game. Of course I would. I'm the mm-hmm. designer. But yeah. I've, I, I've played people that I've played for the first time. I've played like 350 games, 400 games, 500 games. Yeah. I'm playing someone and they've done something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. They came up with a strategy that I've never even contemplated with my own board game. And trust me, I, I've done the maths. It took me three months to do the maths behind this game. Yeah. Just sitting there making sure that it's balanced and that no one can overpower just because the same strategy is not going to work again yeah. and again. And And he's done something that's blown my mind. Like, what the hell just happened? And I've lost the game. And I'm just like, because one of the things about Victor Wars, mm-hmm. which I love, is the fact that if someone's winning, that doesn't mean they've won. Yeah. It's not even close to meaning that they've won. The game only ends when both people pass, when they cannot play any cards anymore. Because you've got nine cards yeah. in your hand, which means technically there are only nine turns to the game, inverted commas. There aren't. But mm-hmm. in the purest form, if you were to just play your nine cards face down in the grid, one after the other, that would be mm-hmm. it. That would be it. You'd pass because yeah. you've got no more cards to play. Your opponent would pass because they've got no more cards to play. And that would be the end of the game. Of course, there's yeah. many other actions, so it never works like that. But but yeah. theoretically, the game could be very quick or very slow mm-hmm. or a bit of both. But in principle, there's no reason why when you play, you couldn't just time your movements to achieve certain goals. Yeah. But when you try and do that, the game tries to rebalance itself with the marketplace. Let's say you're you're beating me, you're you're thrashing yeah. me. You've you, you've taken like three of my men. They're in your there's a trophy mm-hmm. area. You take the head of my men and you put them in your trophy area. And like I'm down to six cards. You've got three cards on the table. You've got six cards in hand. Something like that. Yeah. The marketplace could completely rechange the way that that game is being played at any time. Mm-hmm. And I have to decide to risk it for a biscuit. And you have to decide: Am I going to deny him the opportunity to see yeah. those cards by exchanging them through? You get a lot of interplay. So how does the marketplace work? Like you've got a lot of these powerful cards. Is it like that you have like uh, cards out that are just ready and waiting? Or do you like draw face down and like uh, look at them and take one of them? And No, no, you never draw from a face the face down pile. You mm-hmm. can only buy from the open sections. There's four open cards and what we call a gravity world, which is a movement card. It costs two credits and you can either move one mm-hmm. of your characters or one of your opponent's characters to an adjacent free space. And that card's always available. It's uh, if you've ever played like Star Realms, you've got I can't remember what the name of the ship is, but one of the ships was always available. Like if yeah. the, the community area is crap and you can't afford anything or whatever, then you've always got something mm-hmm. you can buy. Yeah. You know, there's always something that you can do. There's always something that you can do in Vector Wars. You're never in a position mm-hmm. where you're stuck to do nothing unless, of course, you're right at the end of the game. You've got no money. You've got no cards in hand and you're passing and you're waiting for someone to finish up right and that's mm-hmm. the only time that you'll feel like this game is is, is ending now on the next turn yeah but other than that you've got these cards that are available in the in the community area so with the passing is this a like hard pass you can only pass when you have no more cards left or is it like you know you can pass a turn and then come back in you can't pass unless mm-hmm. one of you has no men left in their hand so the minute one of you finishes you can both choose to pass. And the reason is, is because the game has to end when both of you pass the game pass. 
you know, I might not want to be playing my cards anymore because I've already won the game and all that would be doing is to risk you stealing the win from me by combating cards that I'm putting down on the table, which I don't want to do. And you've already finished your hand, so I'm going to keep mm -hmm. them in my hand. And it, it's a tactical choice to pass, it, but you can only do it right at the end of the game. But this can be the kind of thing that when one player has like all of their stuff out, there could be like multiple turns that happen afterwards with one person just having like additional cards and, and actions to play. Yes, theoretically, yes. And the other person can still play. For example, I've passed, I choose to pass, then you play another card. Mm -hmm. I have to choose to pass again. I okay. Can, I'm not out the game now. Just because I've said the word pass doesn't mean I can't play ever again until you've finished all your moves. Mm, okay. I might have some money left over that I've been saving because there were victory points at the end of the game. And then you've done yeah. something to change the way I like. I might have, I thought I was going to win, right? Yeah. I'm in a position, I've passed, my men are down. You've got one man left. I feel like I'm 5.6 points ahead. Mm -hmm. I want the game to end now. It's kind of like we were discussing the last time yeah. about um, Scythe, right? Where mm -hmm. the game state can change. Well, I want the game to end now. Yeah. And you, then you'll do something that's just wiped out one of my characters and all of a sudden I'm thinking oh my god he's just gained three points this is going to be closer than I thought maybe I need to do something back to him so I can now mm -hmm. continue to play both of you have to pass consecutively to end the game that's a very interesting balance to like a tactical balance to like you know be like all right well I still have these resources but I if, if I don't play anything I might, and he passes like I'll win the game now or something like that are all the points visible like on the board? Like pretty much, do you know what everyone has in terms of like points, point value and all that? Yeah, so there are three different sets of men in your hand. There mm -hmm. are soldiers, lieutenants and generals effectively. Mm -hmm. The soldiers, the, the weakest, have the weaker flip abilities and they're only worth one victory point to your opponent. The yeah. lieutenants are worth two victory points to your opponent and the generals mm -hmm. are worth three victory points to your opponent. One thing I should mention is that the, the, all the cards don't play the same. So mm -hmm. I don't mean all the cards are in your hand. Of course, all the cards in your hand don't play the same, but each of the factions don't play the same. So yeah. um, there are four factions. One of them is very good at fighting. Great, wonderful. One of them makes mm -hmm. money. One of them is uh, like royalty. And what they do is they mm -hmm. make money. They make lots of money. And you think, well, yeah. well, if they make money, that means that they're just going to win because money's worth victory points at the end of the game. The problem is, is the only way you can make money is by putting the men down on the board. And if your opponent's yeah. just wiping you off the face of the planet and you're making money, yeah. then you're not going to win. I built it such that you're still going to have to win some combat to achieve victory. And so you're wondering how much money do I have to spend? How much money am I going to have to invest to win mm -hmm. this? And if you invest too much, then you've given the win to your opponent. And if you invest too little, then you've got wiped out and given the, the win to your opponent. So that's one of the decks. Mm -hmm. One of them's trolly as anything, right? One of the, one, <laughs> they've, all got, they've all got names, by the way. I'm, I'm, yeah. there's, I'm calling them blue, yellow, red, and green, but they, they actually have proper names, right? So you've mm -hmm. got the loyalists and you've got the crusaders and you've got the necrotechs. The greens are the necrotechs and they're my favorites. Um, they're, mm -hmm. they're not any better than any of the other groups because they're all super balanced, but, but I like mm -hmm. them because they have traps. So when you place them face down, if you were to attack that, you're going to end up forcing something bad to happen to you. But not all of yeah. the cards have that. Also, they have the ability to steal money from their opponents. They have the ability to Ooh. clone other abilities that other players have that are yeah. on the grid. And so they're really nasty. They're not, they're just nasty. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, uh, what's he doing now? What's the, you know, they can bounce stuff back to your hand while like mm. putting themselves into play. And you're just like, so it's like playing against blue. 
yeah like blue uh, so blue's like really strong fortifications battle mm. they're they're strong at fighting they they hold their position it's like the mm. proper solid like crusaders yeah. they're crusaders right they go in they fight mm. they win and they leave right yeah. where whereas the 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 necrotex are a lot more like manipulative sneaky stabbed you in the back when mm. you weren't looking if you were like playing like fantasy games they'd be the rogue you know they'd be the mm. they'd be the in the shadows with the the, the two knives in your back and then you've got the last lot, which which are called the divination, because okay. it's a play on the word nation and yep. divination. They're all angels. Nice. <laughs> okay. They're all angels, yeah. and they generate shields. And in Vector Wars, if you put a shield cube on the card, you can survive a combat mm-hmm. and lose the combat, but still live. So it's like an extra life, right? Okay. Yeah. See, so they they generate extra lives, which is mm. super strong, right? Super strong. Yeah. You have to keep. You have mm-hmm. to kill them twice, like instead of once. And yeah. because there's a dice roll involved in combat. Oh, I didn't mention that. There's a dice roll involved in combat, which can be mitigated mm-hmm. by things that you do. But in general, there's a dice roll. There's one dice. You add it to a d6, mm-hmm. and you add it to the value of the side of the, the dice that you're combating. Mm-hmm. And they're a right pain. Like as well, if you don't fight them and you leave them with the shields, they'll gain money. There's cards that synergistically flip to produce money for every card that they have shielded. So. Yeah. They're a right pain in the backside. Like, you know, they're annoying. They're annoying. They're super annoying. They're mm-hmm. hard to get rid of. But then the point is, is this, if you're player, if you're a yellow player yeah, and you're sitting there or you're playing divination, just because you've survived a combat just means you're just going to get wiped out the next round. Mm-hmm. So you need to come up with a solution between the round you just lost combat and the next round. Because if yeah. you don't come up with a, pro- if you don't come up with a solution to the problem, then they're just still going to beat you. So they all play so, so, so differently. Let's say we were to play a game and I was to play the Crusaders and you were to play Divination and then we were to swap the characters and you played Crusaders yeah. and I played. You'd have a completely different experience of the game, completely. The strategy, the tactics, the way in which yeah. the, the, you're interacting with the cards, the way in which you're interacting with the market, the way in which you're interacting with the uh, available resources on the board, just it's, it's a different game. And then the game comes with two free expansions. And that change, again, those change the game as well completely. Oh, that's awesome. It just seems, I also, I really love uh, asymmetry in board games. So like this kind of thing is, is really cool. I, uh, I love being able to see the different play styles and that kind of thing. Plus, I mean, the fact that there are only nine cards in each Faction. person's like hand yeah that's pretty cool because like you don't have to this isn't like a magic the gathering type game where like you know i have to memorize a 60 card deck no it's like i got these nine cards they have those nine cards after a few games pretty easy to start seeing what other people can do yes but because of the the marketplace changes there's mm-hmm. like 40 something cards in the marketplace and depending yeah. on when the stretch goes there'll be more mm-hmm but every game's going to have a different set of market cards. And let's say you might be able to rotate through like 15 of them during one game if you're buying a lot, right? Or maybe 20, yeah. like half the deck. But it'll be different almost every game. Mm-hmm. And those change up the game quite a lot. If you choose to get yourself involved with the market deck, you're going to have a very different game every game. Mm-hmm. And the setup, there's a setup card. So they move the resources. The card changes depending on the game that you start. So it will move the resources to different places again. So, I, you know, when I play it, I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, God, like, you know, I think I know what I'm doing, and mm. I I realized that I, I still don't know what I'm doing. I still mm. still haven't mastered quite a good chunk of the game, and and I know the mathematics. Like I don't think mm. they, people can't appreciate. Like I understand the details of this game to a, such a, mm-hmm. a a strong level, and I still am a, the game's still teaching me how to play it all the I mean, time. That, that sounds like an amazing thing for replayability. I mean, if, yeah. if even someone who's played this many games is still learning a lot from it, that's that sounds really cool. I look forward mm-hmm. to playing it. Like, I, you know, it's, I don't know if you've ever cooked something, but when you taste your own cooking, it's never the same as when you taste someone else's, right? 
Yeah. I don't know if that if, I don't know if you ever feel that, but that's how mm-hmm. I feel because you know all the ingredients that were in it, so you can taste every ingredient that it's made from. Yeah. Well, I thought that that was going to happen when I made this board game. I thought, like, you know, I'll never truly enjoy it because I'm the one who put all the ingredients together. But mm. when I once I finally put all the ingredients together into the game and started play play tested it a lot and adapted it and changed it and made sure mm. the balance is as good as it could possibly be, there were new facets opening up to me that I'd never accounted for, and it was other people that were teaching me. It wasn't even me. Yeah. It was. It was someone like you play the game and do something I'd never expect and be like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. that can be done. Oh, jeez. That was a synergy I didn't expect. Yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And because the expansions, one's called Capture the Flag and the other one's called Light the Grid. When you play those, mm-hmm. they change the game completely. Light the Grid, you get a hit, hidden mission. And mm-hmm. um, it's a nine space grid, right, that you're playing on. Yeah. And it's got some of them highlighted on the card, which only you can see. Mm-hmm. And their opponent has another one that only they can see. And mm-hmm. two or three of those places will match. Okay, so you're mm-hmm. going to be fighting over particular spaces on the board that you won't know that yeah. you're fighting over them. Mm-hmm. And at any point in your turn, at any turn, you can claim the card as a free action, and mm. you will get two points for every placement of one of your characters correctly placed in the grid. Mm. Okay, yeah. So, for example, if I had all five spaces correctly placed, if I had five men in all those five spaces, I would get 10 additional victory points, which is massive, because a good score yeah. is about 30, so it's like one-third of all of the victory points that you need for a win. Okay. And that completely changes it, because you're not trying to mm-hmm. fight someone and kill them. You're, you're trying to just do your best to score. You're fortifying your position a lot more. And it's just a completely different game. Completely different yeah. game. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the other one called uh, Capture the Flag, which someone, one of the, another reviewer recently said, it's not really Capture the Flag, it's more like have the flag at the end of the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> what happens is, is that when you pick up the flag, you mm-hmm. replace the area that would have a shield token with a mm-hmm. flag token. So you can't be shielded, right? Yeah. So you don't get that extra life ability. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, what happens is, is if you are the person who's holding the flag at the end of the game, when both players have passed, you'll get 10 victory points. Mm. So it's a 10 victory point move, but uh, have you had it happen that someone playing this had the flag, but then lost the game? Yeah, you sacrificed too much for the flag. You did, I've, I've seen it, yeah. It's always mm-hmm. close though, because remember it's 10 victory points and it's about a third of the score. So even if you were yeah. to only kill about half there, I mean, it's, it's quite easy to work out the maths in, in this particular case, because mm-hmm. there are three three-pointers, three two-pointers mm-hmm. and three one-pointers, right? So yeah. you can work out that in someone's hand, in total, they have three for the first three, six points for mm-hmm. the next three, and nine points for the last three. If you wait, that's 18 points. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, there's only 18 points in that person's hand, but then there yeah. are there's money. Mm-hmm. The money, each coin you have, each credit you have is worth one victory point. And then in the market, which I haven't mentioned, you can buy Zeta Orbs. There are cards ah, that you can swap your okay. money for Zeta Orbs. The problem is, and they, they're a good, it's like something like four credits for like seven Zeta Orbs, right? Oh, so okay. you're getting almost double back. That's great. But the problem is, is I've got no money now. Mm-hmm. They, they start buying combat stuff on the table, start wiping me out, right? So mm-hmm. you need to be really careful when you buy those or if you buy those, yeah. right? They can buy them. And I've seen it where they've lost having the flag, but it was super close. Like the flag is a big deal, but yeah. it's not the be all and end all. That's, I mean, that's great because like if that was the be all end all, it like, could get a little bit frustrating, especially for some of the other factions that might not be as combat oriented in that way. Yeah. Whereas like if you can still get around it, like you still have to take take it into account, but getting around it is really, it's good to, to have that ability. The resource management of the game and the risk reward mm-hmm. management is much more important than the combat. Yeah, that's actually really good to hear, yeah. Most people will think it, when they sit down, they'll think it's a combat game. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, there's a there's a character called Trump, named after Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Then. <laughs> he's, he's, mm-hmm. in the, he's in the, ri- the, the rich group, okay? Makes um, sense. Yeah, in the royalty group. 
and uh, there's flavor text on every one of the cards, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell you, when you flip the cards, the ability, it doesn't matter whether the card was flipped. Normally, flip abilities don't work when they're face down and someone attacks them, okay? Mm -hmm. So they lose the flip ability. But in this particular yeah. case, this particular card says that when he dies, irrespective of whether he's face down or face up, you get money. Yeah. They're going to get some money, but you're going to get money as well. And it says... It's a bit of flavor on it that says something like the power of this card is turning a loss into a win or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a very Donald Trump thing. Like he always turns yeah, yeah, a loss yeah. into a win. He's losing all the time, but yet he's still winning. He's still president. Like, so yeah. it just it just reminded me of him, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure. this particular card, like the first thing you want to do is remove him from the table because he's annoying. But actually it might mm -hmm. be the best thing not to touch him and just to leave him there. Yeah. But you're so inclined that it's a combat game in your head. You're so mm -hmm. motivated that this is a combat game and not a resource management game and not a risk reward game and not that mm -hmm. you just you just combat. But you're wrong. Yeah. You're making that wrong decision because you didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. And so this game is a lot more than is appearing on the surface. Like if you, well, yeah. that's what's going to happen. As soon as you play this game, you'll play it the first time. You'll be like, you'll think it's one thing, and it will tell mm -hmm. you it's something else. And then you'll play it again, and it'll tell you it's something else again. That's um, that's really cool. I mean, I think that that's uh, that's a lot of fun to be able to discover that in in board games. Bring it to table. You think it's one thing, and then like you start discovering all the different strategies, all the different ways that the game works, and the different ways that you can get around certain strategies and things like that if, if you're if someone if you're someone who gets ap by the way like analysis paralysis mm -hmm. you know it's gonna be tough got a lot yeah, yeah it's it's a struggle with someone who has a lot of analysis paralysis they might not want to go spend too much time on the game they'll still enjoy it but they're going to stare at the board for like 25 minutes and and then finally put a card down you might start to wind up the person you're playing with fair enough so i had another question about um the kickstarter itself yeah. so this is your second time going to kickstarter with this game yeah, sadly. And yeah. you were talking about like that you have a lot of really uh, good lessons learned from them. Is there anything one that like yeah. particularly stands out? Yes, engage with the community. Mm -hmm. Basically, I I was very naive, not in a bad way, just had a lot of confidence in what I'd made because I know it's a good game. I, it's really mm -hmm. you know sometimes you can get too close to a project. You know, I've seen people get too close to their project and um, mm -hmm. get hurt when their baby's insulted. You know, yeah. I didn't get. I don't. I'm not insulted by. It people telling me mm -hmm. that, that this game needs you need to do this or you need to do that or that the i like to learn i know i'm making mistakes mm -hmm. i know i'm making mistakes and one of the things that happened was was that i thought you build it and they'll come that's what i thought mm. you build it they'll come and yeah. i was wrong that is not what it is you, there's so much more to kickstarter you know back in the day you could just come up with the idea of a game and people would support mm -hmm. it you just show a little bit of artwork and a little bit of what the game's about you know mm -hmm. and they'd be yeah. there They'd be there. They'd send you some money and they'd say, get on with it. I'm ready for this game when it's ready. Now you have yeah. to build the whole game, have the artwork in place. You, you need to, the game needs to be finished. Yeah. No one's interested in an idea anymore. Everyone wants the finished product. Mm -hmm. And not only now, now you need to massage everybody. You need to be like, dude, you know, you need to come check this game out. It's really great. Um, but then they don't want to hear it from you because you're the game designer, so they can't trust you. Yeah. So now you need to speak to everybody else to go yeah. and tell other people that the game is good and you need mm -hmm. to send out your army of people who believe in your project. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like it's humbling. It's humbling to understand the process that this works because um, I really didn't understand. And and I was upset that only, only it was on for six days the first time. Mm -hmm. I was dwarfed by some very big projects, Etherfields and Dice Throne. Yeah. They came out at the okay. same time and they were like multi-million pound 
you know, or, you know, mm. like all close to a million pounds, some of them, close to yeah. a million dollars, some of like good half a million dollars, some of them. And yeah. I just got dwarfed. No one even knew I existed. Mm. And I never, and I didn't understand, you know, I, I saw the people investing in my board game and it was mostly family and friends and f a few people from Kickstarter. And I was like, but, but why? Or, or like, this is a really great game. No one's going to give it a mm -hmm. chance. Like, and then I had to like have, be very reflective and take a big reality pill and understand that you have to engage your community and mm -hmm. you need to get as many people as you can to play the game. Yeah. Send it out to all the reviewers. Send it out to all the people who can go and who trusted trusted people who they know are going to tell them the truth about whether a game is good or not. Mm -hmm. Although I, I would argue that I'm not sure that that's the case still. You know, the previewers are paid. I really didn't want to go to paid previews. I wanted yeah. just the truth. I wanted mm -hmm. anybody who was going to tell the truth about the game. If I was going to pay someone to preview it, I still wanted them to tell the truth. If they thought yeah. the game was crap, I wanted them to say, your game's crap. Sorry, buddy. It's mm -hmm. not something you're going to enjoy. Um, because I knew it was a good game. So I, f mm -hmm. I felt confident that I didn't need to pay someone to say it's good. I just needed yeah. someone to try it and they'll see it's good. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this time I've leveled up. This time I've like leveled up in every way I can possibly. And one of the things that's happened is we have a deluxe copy, which was something people mentioned about, like, why am I going to bother buying this, this mm -hmm. copy of the game? I'm going to have to, we, we might unlock some good stuff in your game. That's something that happened in the first one. Like I had mm -hmm. these amazing dice, which were locked yeah. based on stretch goals. And they were like, well, I'm not going to bother risking it in the chance that it's not going to get. This is the thing I want to buy about your game. I love this dice. I don't know if you've seen mm -hmm. them, by the way, but the dice are awesome. And they're like, I want to, I want the dice, but I don't know if they're going to unlock, so I'm not going to bother. Mm. This time, there's a core set. The dice comes with it. There's a, a deluxe set. The, the dice are even more amazing in that set. Yeah. The expansions were locked based on stretch goals. This time, the expansions are free, and they're coming with the game. Like, I'm, I'm not missing about. I've not missed about yeah. this time at all. I'm giving everything that the people wanted. I still have some stretch goals some really mm -hmm. good stretch goals in in the bank for if we can push the project further than you know I'm, I'm hoping more than the goal mm -hmm. and you know i'm hoping with the reviews there's loads of reviews there you can really see what people have said some yeah. lots of facebook reviewers i don't have the big famous reviewers that wanted like 700 pounds yeah. to a thousand dollars to review the board game i'm so sorry mm -hmm. you know but they are really good reviewers trusted reviewers who know that mm -hmm. you can be confident that, that they're telling you that this game is a good game and it is that's awesome i think that the the kickstarter looks great i mean in general everything that i've heard about this game has been pretty awesome so i'm, I'm looking forward to it quite a bit now but i think that we're going to start wrapping up here and i'm going to end with uh, one of our favorite questions and this is one of the ones that is not related to board games what is your favorite donut my favorite donut yeah oh my god You've just completely blindsided me. You've just asked me which one is my, one of my children is my favorite children. You know that. It's always the hardest one to, to like answer because, I mean, some people already have theirs like perfectly chosen, but like, it's it's not an easy answer. I could speak an hour on board games and I can't tell, I'll tell you what mm -hmm. my favorite donut is. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, chocolate, yeah. chocolate cream, straight, just chocolate on top of the donut. Chocolate, that just simple, mm -hmm. good, you know, one bite goodness. That's what I'm saying. Chocolate donut. There we go. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great decision right there. That's a, that's a good donut for sure. Alrighty. Well, Ellie, thank you very much for joining me today. Everyone should definitely go check out Vector Wars on Kickstarter live right now. Thanks so much for talking about uh, Vector Wars and definitely check out our podcast next week where we just talk about board games in general and 
and um, our thoughts on a lot of different board games, how they work, and some of our analyses on that, that type of thing and what we've been playing and the like. So thanks again for joining me. Thanks for having me.